Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Amanda LaPlante. Amanda is a sought-after inspirational speaker. She teaches workshops on a variety of health and wellness topics and is the host of Get Real to Heal, a radio talk show devoted to empowering our inner health detective. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Mish. Lovely so, to be here. I'm so happy you did this. So tell me, inner health detective. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. does that mean? What does that mean? Well, you know, in my own health journey, uh, well, would you like to hear the story? Yes. Tell okay. us. <laughs> All right. So over a couple of decades, I racked up seven depending on which doctor you talk to, maybe eight different autoimmune diseases. I was a hot mess. It, it was That's not a, a good situation. That's a lot of, I've got one, but yeah. one, I've got alopecia, yeah. but what? That's yeah. a lot of, it was Could a lot. You, do you even know the names of all of them? I do. Yeah. <laughs> so we could, yeah, we could rattle a few off. So it started with interstitial cystitis. Um, then I moved on to Crohn's. Um, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Rheumatic fever with Sydenham's chorea, um, which is a response to strep. So all of this interesting um, coronavirus stuff we have going on, all of those those little guys fascinate me because I know how something so microscopic can take down an entire organism and and really do some damage. Um, so those and Meniere's disease and a couple of others. But anyway, I figured out, um, you know, I was going to see six different specialists and a primary care physician every month. I was pretty much bedridden from the time I was 32 to 34, and I had 18 active prescriptions at the pharmacy. Um, oh, my word. Yeah, and was 50 pounds heavier. So I looked completely different. My life was was completely different than it is now. And you know, all of these doctors were so well-meaning, and they were trying really hard, but they just didn't have answers for me. And what I realized was that um, you know, after a, a, an interesting awakening, so back in 2014, I was 34. My son brought a Mother's Day card home to me from school. He was seven and he had made a little flip card and he brought this thing home and every page was something about mommy. And so, you know, he'd draw a little picture and fill in the blank. And I got to the page that said, mommy is good at, and he drew sleeping. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and it just tore me up, right? Um, you know, I had been working so hard to try and maintain a career and maintain all of these health issues that I had that I was neglecting all these other areas of my life that were so important to me. Um, and so that really woke me up. Um, ironically, if you believe in irony and coincidence, which I no longer do, um, the next page was mommy's favorite food is. And he drew, uh, well, he wrote Chalute, which I still don't know what that is, but he drew, it kind of <laughs> looked like a pizza with a chili dog on top. <laughs> mm, yum. <laughs> it, I know, it looked delicious. Um, uh, it, and it was just one of those moments where I looked at it and I thought, gosh, is that how he sees the way? So this is how he sees me. And this is how he sees the way I eat. Right, right, right. So it, it Interesting. Was, it was. It was. Um, so it was a wake-up call. And I, I thought, you know, I had asked my doctors before. I said, is it something I'm eating, something I'm doing? Because in my heart of hearts, I just didn't believe that our bodies were meant to break down the way that mine was. Even though I had witnessed other people in my family um, have autoimmune diseases, cancers, different things, I still just thought there's got to be something that we can do about this. Now, this is a few years ago before we knew, um, you know, before it became public knowledge about functional medicine and nutrition and all of the important things that 
that everyone just kind of buzzes about nowadays. Right. Or so it seems, thankfully. Um, so yeah, being your own inner health detective really comes from that wake up call moment when I realized that my doctors weren't going to find the answers for me. And it wasn't really fair of me to put that on them. I needed to take responsibility for my own health, do my own investigation, tap into my own inner wisdom, eat more intuitively, figure out what it was that worked for me and take all the signals from my body and do the best that I could to help it to regain homeostasis and build health. It's so true. And and it, it really is. I mean, it, you know, I mean, just over the years, I remember my father had a health issue going on at one point and I could tell he was feeling like he was out of control of the situation. And I was like, dad, you may be out of control right now of what's going on, but you are in control of who you decide gets to do the surgery. And, you know, like I wouldn't go with the first guy that came along. I would go talk to some people and and it really did. He, in the end, he ended up with the first guy anyway, but he said he felt better because he had talked to other people first, you know, took some of the control into his own hands. And, and we have to. I mean, doctors know a lot. Lots of health people know a lot, but we know a lot about our own selves. Give yourself the benefit of the doubt. I think that's really sound advice and it doesn't hurt to go out and talk to a few more people, get a second opinion, get a third opinion. And really we know from, there's a lot of research that shows that when people do that sort of thing and they don't just go with the first guy, they actually, even if they go back and go with the first guy, you know, in the end, they have better outcomes because they feel right. really confident in the decision they made and that belief and that hope that's really powerful. So autoimmune disorders are so weird right? I mean, they're, they're kind of weird. I feel bad about it in the sense I feel like, you know, it's you, it's, it's your body attacking itself. So you're like, what does that say? Why, why would I, why would I attack myself? <laughs> I kind of like me, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it's what's interesting to me about it with the whole food thing. So, and I'm working with a fun functional health guy right now, Dr. Matt Flory, give him a, a shout out there. And Dr. Matt, one of the first things he did was you're going to have to go gluten free, and I was like, oh, isn't that like a, isn't it like a trend? You know, like you know what I mean. And it's not. I went gluten free, and all of a sudden, like my knees, like my knee was hurting. It stopped hurting. Like like I thought I was getting arthritis. That all stopped hurting. And just recently, this is probably TMI. Sorry, guys, but I noticed that I, I live in I a had, world of TMI. Yeah, Lay it all T, out. Here we go, TMI. Um, I started to grow hair on my underarms. Haven't seen hair on my underarms forever, and I was like extremely excited about that. When I called yeah. them, I was like, "You're not gonna probably ever hear another woman on earth say how awesome it is that she has underarm hair." But I'm I'm here to tell you, it's awesome, and I like had to shave it off. Yeah. That's Congratulations. Very cool. <laughs> Congratulations. That's exciting. So it's validation, right? It's confirmation. Absolutely. You're headed in the right direction. But it we cannot survive off of pizza with corn dogs in them or chili dogs in them as your son portrayed on your card. We can't live off that. Yeah, it turns out that doesn't work. Um, but no. you know, I grew up with the most amazing, wonderful parents, but they were teen parents 
And it was the 1980s. I was born in 80. And so it was really that boom of marketing around children's, you know, junk food and cereal and right. lots of things. And, you know, they worked really hard to build a, a good life. And when they got to the point that we could buy the name brand Fruity Pebbles and you know, get all the good junk stuff, uh, we thought we were doing well. But anyway, suffice it to say, um, in my family, we just never really understood the connection um, until pretty recently in, in this journey that I've been through. And it's been fun to watch people get on board. Um, with me and understanding the importance of what we what we put into our body um, and also what we take in right through all of the other all of the other orifices right it's not just the food we eat but right it's every, right right everything that nourishes us matters um, you know yeah I'll digress so, there <laughs> so but it is I mean it, and it's a, it's a balance right because I've had to do this like I want my daughter to eat you know, a certain way, but she is a teenager. So you, you gotta, you, you know, as even as a child, it was like, I didn't want McDonald's to be some mysterious place. So that as soon as she got a driver's license, she lived in the drive-through, you know what I mean? It's like, I had to like, we got to do this because it can't be something that they can't do. You can't make it a can't do, right. but you also can't make it a, let's do it all the time. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, just just um, my son is thirteen, and we have these conversations a lot. You know, for a few years, he ate very very clean because he had also dealt with some challenges um, similar to some that I had had. And um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. We have a lot of conversations around this. He's got a sweet tooth, and and he loves the junk food. He's thirteen, wants to eat like his friends do, but he I also understands tooth. the consequences of that, and he knows when he's feeling off. And that's been really interesting to watch. You know, him say. Yeah, I think I may, maybe need to lay off that for a couple of days. So it's just eating more intuitively and, and honoring honoring that. So are you free and clear of all autoimmune or just kind of little by little working through it and going in the right direction? Well, so so how does that work, right? Um, I, I am still me. My genes are still the same. They haven't changed. Um, I may have downregulated some of the expression, you know, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in remission and have been for, I guess we're going on four and a half, four and a half years, roughly four, four and a half years. Um, but I, if I went back to the way that I lived, if I went back to the way that I ate, it would all come roaring back. Oh yeah, so, of course. Right. You, know, you got, it always, has to be what you do. I'm always careful to make that distinction because there, you know, there's not a, a cure, um, if you will, it's not going to go away. It's just something that I can learn to live with and live in the balance. And uh, a lot of my health heroes that I follow, like Chris Carr and, and many others, you know, they're finding ways to work with their cancer, their autoimmune disease, whatever it is, um, through their diet and their lifestyle to just keep things in check and keep things in balance. But that predisposition is always there, unfortunately. So was there anything as you were going through this journey of healing yourself, was there anything that really surprised you? Like, wow, didn't know that was going to happen. All of the things, um, <laughs> <laughs> literally all of the things I, you know, they use that analogy in functional and integrative medicine of peeling back the layers of the onion. Yep. It really felt like that. Um, you know, everything that I tried, you know, I started with, uh, you know, just adding green juice and like more greens and more veggies to my diet. And that made a difference. And then I, you know, I thought, well, you know, what else have I been missing? And so I just continued my journey going rogue a little bit. Um, and my doctors have been amazing. I still see the same primary care, one of the same primary cares. I have two, I have a a conventional primary care, and then I have an integrative primary, 
primary care. So I get two perspectives and they kind of right. share ideas. But it's been great to see my conventional doctor watch my blood work and watch all these other things unfold. And now you go into her office and there are, you know, different charts on foods and nutrition in there. And it's they have oh, great cool. conversations around it. Yeah, it's been cool. But it was, it was the food. And then it was, you know, I thought I, I knew that my anxiety and my depression were another thing that I wanted to tackle because I really struggled with that for many years. And at one point was even diagnosed bipolar. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> So coming off of those medications and um, working through all of those layers, you know, took even more approaches. Granted, working on my gut health really helped with all of the things, right? Right. Um, but then it was also, you know, I, I took on trauma therapy. Um, you know, I am a survivor of date rape and I've also been sexually assaulted um, at another point. And so learning that there were lasting implications from those experiences that really needed to be addressed. They weren't just going to be something I could stuff and hope it would be okay. And really understanding all of those different, um, the different symptoms of PTSD, which I was suffering from. Um, so working through that trauma has been several years now, um, still in that process. And then adding in things like meditation, breathing, I think probably the biggest surprise, if you, you know, getting back to your initial question, breathing. It's very powerful. And also, thank you, and I honor you for for sharing that with us. Um, because and it's it's so important. I because I, I so I want to highlight it a bit so people understand. It isn't just physical that you're healing. You have to heal mentally and emotionally. I look at physical as like the way everything ends up showing up. So you have to work on the mental and emotional as well, and it does show up in the physical eventually. But it's so important, and and it makes you a much more you, you just live better, you know, when you when you're able to not uh, feel the sting of that anymore, right? Where it's like you can think about it and be like, that happened, and I worked through it. I'm resilient. Look how awesome I am. I got, you know what I mean. And and you know, there's still I think I've had issues as well where you know these terrible traumas have happened to you, and every once in a while, I'll still feel a little bit of a sting and be like, what's that? I must deal with this right now. Right. Yeah. And, and it takes a lot of bravery, I think, for people to, well, first of all, it takes a lot of self-awareness and then the bravery to confront those things because, um, you know, it's not always an easy process, but it's always worth it. So, um, tell me about people that you help. People that I help. Um, yes. well, there's really a couple of different things that I do, right? So one is my integrative health coaching practice and I work with chronic cases like me, um, you know, I have a partnership with a cardiologist here locally named Dr. Michael Twyman, and I help some of his, his patients that he refers into my private practice. And I work with a few other docs that, um, you know, they basically, these, these patients are wanting to make the changes. They know that, you know, changing some things with regard to their, ooh, sorry about that, to their <laughs> diet and their lifestyle are going to really help. The doctors have told them what they need to do, and they just need a coach to help them to really drill in and, um, you know, just be there and be a source of support, ask good probing questions and help them to figure out how they're going to get to the next step and the next step and the next step with sustainable change. I love that you have these doctors that are sending people to you because, I mean, it, it's true. It's one thing for a doctor to say, you bet you got to eat healthier, eat more fruits and vegetables. And, you know, you leave the office and you're like, but I, I really want candy. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, I do. great information. Um, I do. But, I still, I still really want a chili dog sometimes, yes. you know, I just want a chili dog on top of a pizza and <laughs> I don't know. I see a restaurant in your future. <laughs> Chalute. Yeah. But, but it's true. You know, there it's, it's easy to sit across from someone and say, you know, one of my, actually one of my very first clients, um, had gone to see a, a nutritionist and, you know, and I've got some education in nutrition through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition where I studied. Um, but you know, I'm by no means a dietitian nutritionist per se. I am an integrative health coach. Uh, but this woman had been to see a nutritionist and gave her lovely advice on, on ways to clean up her diet, really went over some different testing that had been done and showed her the food intolerances she had and said, here you go. All you have to do is do this. And she left and she left and she said, okay, I just have to do this. I have to do. And then, then a few hyperventilating breaths later, she called me (laughs) and I said, okay, come on in. Let's form a plan. You're not going to do it all at once. No. And I mean, to completely change how you shop, how you eat, how you cook. I mean, it, you you can't just get a piece of paper. <laughs> if it were that easy, no one would need people like Amanda LaPlante. <laughs> we would just go on the internet, but hey, what am I supposed to be eating? Oh, I'm not supposed to eat all that junk food? Oh, okay. Let me get this new diet going right away. And it's I, not easy. And I'll tell you, I did it that way. It was hard. <gasps> it oh. took a long time. Um, I didn't know that health coaching was a thing. It, you know, it, I just didn't even know it existed and I didn't know where to turn. I just knew that the doctors that I had been seeing didn't really have the answers and they were very supportive, but they're like, we don't know. Um, And so then thankfully I I came across um, a doctor that I knew, Christina Robbins, um, who is now my integrative practitioner. And she opened my eyes, you know, she she really was able to validate all the things that I was reading on the internet and in books um, that I'd been researching myself to try and turn my health around and uh, do the testing and, and help me put that together. And then subsequently said, you know, once I, I came to her and I said, hey, I want to be part of this whole integrative model. I'm 30 something years old. I'm not really interested in going back to med school, but how can I support the work that that you and the other practitioners are doing? And then she recommended health coaching. And I thought, where was that? That sounds like a good idea. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I would have loved a health coach because yeah, you're right. It's not just handing someone that, that, food prescription and saying, you know, Hey, here you go. It's, it's really having someone to step in and go, okay, let's take a few deep breaths first. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's okay to try a different grocery store here. Let me, let me show you how to do that. You know, it's because I remember the first time that I walked into whole foods after shopping at, and, and no knocks on any particular brand, but after just shopping at the big, the big market stores. Um, and I walked into a whole foods and, and I remember the first time I went to Trader Joe's too, which Love those stores, um, but totally different landscape, totally different yes. way of shopping and way of thinking. And I was like, "Why are these people? These people are all so happy, and they're all like talking to me, and like, and they they they, were, they all they look were really healthy. They do. They look really healthy. <laughs> they're glowy. This is really different. And it was very intimidating just walking in. And and I even remember my first interaction with the bulk food section, which of course is very different these days in the pandemic. But yes, um, yeah. So. We almost made it through a whole interview and didn't talk about it. Oh well, <laughs> it's a it's impactful. It is. I mean, it 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 has happened, and it's we're going to be talking about this forever. I I now understand why my grandma and grandpa, you know, like the depression was a thing. Yeah, and, and you know, you hear about it as a kid, and you're like, oh, that sounds like it sucked, you know. But until you are really living through something 
this impactful, you don't really get how you're going to respond to things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's been another um, way that I've been able to provide support for some of my clients. You know, when you've got autoimmune conditions, um, chronic inflammation is at the heart of everything. And what causes inflammation? Diet, certain lifestyle aspects, stress. Yeah. And so here we are. And so just maintaining, um, you know, my, when I, when I say my mission, my mission is to illuminate the healing potential within us all and to help people to understand the powerful roles that food, lifestyle, and mindset play in our health, because mindset is, is really, I believe that's everything. Um, and so, yeah, it's been an interesting time to navigate for myself and for my clients. And mindset is so interesting because, you know, when this first was all happening, I was totally confused. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now, you know? Um, but what, and, and I, and, and I felt stressed out. I was really feeling the stress of that whole, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what's right or wrong. Everything's confusing. You watch the news confused more, you know, <laughs> I was just like, what? I don't know. And I finally just got at a place where I was like, why you got to quit freaking out because you have this amazing intuition. So yeah. just be with the intuitive part of you. And, and, you know, and, and even with the intuition, I, w- I will tell you, it's not like I know a hundred percent. Right. So I still, there's still things I'm like, uh, like when my daughter's like, okay, so the restaurant I work at is opening back up and I'm going to start next week. I'm like, oh Okay, I, you know, I mean, it. I, I really was. I wasn't sure. I mean, I was like, I guess you go work. Um, I think it, if I said you couldn't, you'd hate it. I think you go work. <laughs> you know, it's just I. I still don't really know. But you, you know, there's again, there's only so much you have control over, right? Absolutely. No, I, I, I completely. Yeah. Be, yeah. Be just, it. Be at peace as much as you can. Be at peace and, and do the best that you can. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some questions for you. Can I ask you questions? I would love that. Well, I've been asking a lot, but these are like kind of off the beaten track questions. Um, do you have a go-to recipe? Like, I mean, I'm sure you do a lot more cooking than most people do at home because of the nature of who you are and what you do. But is there just like the, I don't really feel like cooking, so let's just make recipe? Oh, good one. You know, I've gotten really, when I started out cooking, so when I started this whole health journey, I didn't know how to cook really, clearly based on my son's menu observations. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I was really determined to learn. And that's another thing that helping people through is really fun because they learn that they're so much more capable than they ever even imagined. It's, it doesn't have to be some gourmet meal and it's it's still delicious. So, uh, I've gotten really good at just walking into the kitchen and taking four or five ingredients and making it work. Um, if it grows together, it goes together. Um, you know, just, just really keeping things simple. Go to recipes. Gosh, I love stir fries. I love stir fries. Um, yeah, that's just, a good go-to recipe, though. It's, it is. It's it's really it's simple. I love my Instapot. Anything I can make in an Instapot. I'm a big fan of soups. Anything I got one I of can, those. Anything I can cook once and eat twice. Oh, that's a good idea too. Yeah, because I do spend a lot of time in the kitchen. So yeah, yeah. Instapot. That thing's amazing. I didn't get one for the longest time, and I finally got one, and now I use it all the time. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good invention, Instant Pot people. Thank you for bringing that to us. Um, is there a song that you know all the words to? A lot of them. Like a freakish, really? a freakish amount of songs, actually. Really? I love karaoke and... Oh, stop. <laughs> I really? I do. Yeah. Um, actually, this over the winter, I was at a karaoke party and uh, I kind of, I finished singing a song and I walked off and the woman that was standing there, um, you know, cause at, at karaoke parties, sometimes people are a little shy and you might stand there for 20 minutes waiting for someone to sing. And I'm like, well, the mic's empty, so I'm just going to go ahead. <laughs> and I walked off and she goes, you're like, you're like a karaoke savant. And I was like, okay. So. Hey, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, for me, it would be more like i I want to keep these people as my friends. And if I start singing, that might be the end of our friendship. They're like, oh, please stop. No. Oh, she's bad. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's always good, but I always have a good time trying. So <laughs> I usually, I will belt it out in my car. And then I swear if people, if, if there were like some kind of recording device in my car, you would often not then hear me start laughing and go, oh, real songbird am I. Oh, goodness. I get that. But yeah, pretty much name any, any, anything like 99, like 90 to 99. I can pretty much nail the you 90s got it. music. Gotcha. Is there a go-to karaoke song for mm. you? Like, do you look and go, ah, I am so good at, I don't know. Why can't I think of one song from the 90s right now? I don't know. Right. No. Well, and actually beyond the 90s, like I really like Kings of Leon. That's always, I like singing their songs. People know them and it's fun. Um, That is a good one. I love Salt and Peppa. Ah. Can't go wrong with that. No, you can't. That's a fun one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anything by them is is cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's so many, but Britney Spears, if I'm feeling really frisky. Do you know like all the dance moves? (laughs) Oh, go Maybe. girl. No. Go Amanda. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to karaoke with you. I love it. Tell me about being a cheerleading coach. Aw. Yeah. So I was a cheerleading coach at uh, the assistant cheerleading coach at Brentwood High School this past year. It was a cool experience. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting, challenging, fun. Uh, you know, I really, I was able to kind of get in there and, and work out with them. And, and it was great for my own physical activity, but yeah, it was a really great time. I, I will say this. Um, I lost days of productivity to the chance. <laughs> they just, they just stick in your head and, and go over and over and over for days. It's just amazing. So now did they do, so my daughter did cheerleading in high school as well as she was in competitive cheerleading, which is Oh, you know, oh my gosh, a heart attack for for um, parents, quite frankly, and yeah. and also a very athletic. I, I mean, oh my gosh, very. but cheerleading is so different than what it was when I was in cheerleading. And so, you did you see a lot? I mean, there were a lot of injuries you know, during our cheerleading days. Yeah, so so I came into a school which um, had a really interesting policy. It was a no cut squad. So it's a very small high school. Brentwood High School um, graduates about 60 seniors a year. Okay. Even though it's a public school right here in the So I get the no cut. There's not like a huge bunch of kids to draw from. Yeah. And so what was really cool about that, though, was we we learned to work around varying skill levels. So if someone had, you know, a, a jump or a split or something that was of a higher skill level, we would work that in, but not everyone had to do it. So what was great about that was from an injury standpoint, we didn't have as many because 
you know, we worked with the kids based on their school level or their skill level. Oh, so. that's, that's awesome. With ours, I mean, the, the issues were the throwing girls up in the air, catching them, people get kicked in the face. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, so I have this thing that, you know, I have this theory that hundreds and thousands of years from now, somebody's going to dig up these old cheerleading <laughs> videos and be like, horrified that any parent would let their child do this. <laughs> you know? It's intense, you know, going through the, uh, the MISHA, which is the, uh, the state high school athletic association right. for Missouri, um, going through their training. Yeah. The things that are, that they're allowed to do now and all of the different, um, safety techniques that are in place to, to make sure that the kids don't get injured. There, there is a lot of thought and a lot of strategy, um, that goes in behind the scenes and, um, our head coach is amazing. She is an amazing coach and very, very talented and really gets it and has done a lot of the stunting. I myself had a background in dance and had okay. cheered for a year in college. So I didn't have as much, you know, I was a flyer. So they did, you know, lift me up and, and right. like basket tosses and things like that. I did do that, but I only did it for a year. So my skill level wasn't quite there to feel comfortable to be like, yes, we're going to learn all of this, but she really got it. And she was very good at it. So by, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, we didn't have any of those stunts and skills, but by the end of the year, she had introduced quite a bit and the kids had made great pro progress in that. So it'll be interesting to see where they continue to take it as, as they, as they grow the program. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. There's a lot that goes into that and funny story. I probably shouldn't tell on myself here, but <laughs> <laughs> I say go <laughs> when we were teaching, some, you know, some of the, the kids that we had on the team were brand new to the sport. And so we were teaching them some different jumps that they could do and, um, you know, I said, I said, well, you know, we, we, I showed a toe touch, which I was surprised I could still do. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, you know, I turned 40 this year and I'm, I was pretty toe impressed after a couple years of bed rest and all of that. I'm, I'm back on it. I'm, on it. I'm impressed. I think it's awesome. So I did that. And then I looked at them and I, you know, I showed them a couple of others and they said, is that all that you can do? Like, are those, are there anything else? I know. Right. You're like, hello. <laughs> not that they weren't impressed, but they were like, do you have any more? And so I said, well, there's this one other, but it's not legal. You guys can't do it. So, and they said, oh, of course, then they were curious and wanted to see that one. So it was uh, a jump split that we used to do back in high school. Um, it, it's kind of that Dallas Cowboy cheerleader style where they just jump into the splits and then land. Right. And I thought, I've done the toe touch. I've done the herky. I could probably do the jump split. I think I got this. And uh, I did the first one was good. And I thought, well, I can do it better. And so I did it again. And I, I pulled my hamstring. Oh, ouch. Oh, <laughs> so darn. I was actually the worst injury on the cheerleading squad this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they don't want people doing the jump split, maybe. <laughs> I was like, I honestly, I did it and I felt this pop and I said, and that is why it is illegal and we will not be doing it. <laughs> and there we go. And that was your lesson for today. I meant to show you that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Amanda, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me online at amandalaplant.com. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook, Facebook uh, slash Get Real to Heal. And I'm also on Instagram at Get Real to Heal, LinkedIn at AK LaPlante. I love to connect everywhere. So just hop on and check me out and check out the radio show. Um, it's yeah. on 92.9 FM on Fridays at 1.30 and it runs a couple of other times throughout the week. It's one of their, their anchor shows. Um, and you can check that out all 115 plus episodes on soundcloud.com slash Get Real to Heal or wherever you get your podcasts. I love it. Thank you so much for being on today and sharing all this great information. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Well, everyone out there, you got to hear Amanda LaPlante. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mishmash. We love you. Stay safe out there. Bye. Bye.